let me tell you about Built Bar. This is something I would like to recommend to Stu because he seems to be on the path of an alcoholic. Uh, <laughs> now with yet another Friday, all of his shows seem to be going towards <laughs> let's let's just keep drinking it's until the show's over. It's a smooth show. I, <laughs> I, I Stu, I used to do those shows. <laughs> it's the sign of alcoholism. Mm, it's fair. It's fair. Uh, you might want to stay healthy. Cleanse the body a bit with a great protein bar that has all of the everything that you need great for the keto diet three to five net carbs it's really good tastes just like a chocolate bar a candy bar uh, go to builtbar.com use the promo code beck15 save 15 percent off your next order builtbar.com beck15 is the uh, promo code do it now builtbar.com If you're a parent, you may have already experienced this. I just experienced it last week with my son. He came to me and said, Dad, I am losing badly. Badly. I don't even know how to argue the difference between gender and sex. Everybody is saying that, you know, gender reveal parties uh, are really bad because you can't have gender, but it's also... um, It's now hateful if you talk about biological sex. I don't know how to argue this. And I said, I'm going to be real honest with you. I don't either. But I know somebody who does know. And so this 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 is really I could have done this in a private phone call if she would have if she would have done this with me and my son. But I thought it was really important because I know I'm not alone. How do you equip your kids to even just not be a pariah? Dr. Deborah So joins us in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Oh, I remember him one day I, I, I could get out and I could lift pianos on my back. And I did every day of my life. When I was three years old, my dad said, lift that piano. And I'd lift that piano. And then I started getting into exercise and I would lift Two pianos, one in each arm. And then I decided to go on a a, a 140K marathon, a piano marathon. But now as I get older, my shoulders kind of hurt. Yeah, it might have been because you were lifting pianos. But anyway, whatever the deal is, as you get older, you can't do the things that you used to do. It hurts. I hate getting old. Anyway, relief factor is there because I can lift a piano. I don't know if you can lift a piano anymore, but uh, relief factor will be there to take away the pains from the times when you were lifting pianos or doing whatever it is that you were doing. Try it for three weeks. Seventy percent of the people who try it uh, go on to order more because it works for them, which means there's about 30 percent of the population. This isn't going to work for you'll know in three weeks. So try the three week quick start. See if it works. If it does, order more. If it doesn't, yes, you're out 20 bucks, uh, but you're probably part of that 70% of people that it works for. Get your life back with Relief Factor, relieffactor.com. 800-583-84, relieffactor.com. 
pianos will thank you, as will the piano industry. Dr. Deborah So is with us. She's the author of the book, The End of Gender, the host of the Dr. Deborah So podcast. Uh, she did a podcast with me. Deborah, what was it, about a year ago? Maybe, I don't even know. It's Time is flying now. Um, oh, my goodness. But, time uh, I know. Um, but anyway, <laughs> it's fascinating. If you want to go really in-depth, look for that podcast. Um, you can go to uh, YouTube.com forward slash Glenn Beck uh, or, you know, download it wherever you get your podcast and, and listen to that whole hour. Deborah, thank you so much for being on with me today. Um, you heard the story of my son, uh, Ruby, Sarah's uh, daughter. She's 12. She had the same thing. And we don't even know what we're doing. We don't even know how to argue this. Can you help us on the gender versus sex argument for our kids? Yes, that's what, that's what I'm here for. And thank you for having me back. Um, you bet. So I find it so terrifying that this is being taught in kids' curriculum. I mean, this, my book basically talks about this the entire way through, about how activists are intentionally targeting kids with this ideology. So I guess the way I could start is to explain it um, for your audience and then maybe how they might go about approaching it with their kids. So the difference between sex and gender, sex, biological sex, is determined by biology. So this is determined by gametes, which are mature reproductive cells. So you Gametes? Gametes, yes. Okay. (laughs) So there are eggs (laughs) and there are sperm. Yeah. Okay. And then gender identity refers to how we feel in relation to our biological sex. So statistically speaking, 99% of us identify as our birth sex. So you, Glenn, you were born male, as far as I know, and you identify as male. For that 1% of the population who does not identify as their birth sex, these are transgender people or intersex people. Some intersex people identify as transgender. So they, they identify as the opposite sex. So someone might be born male and identifies female or vice versa. And then you have some people who, and intersex refers to people who are born with a medical condition in which they possess both male and female anatomy. And intersex, that used to be called hermaphroditism, right? Yeah, yes. That's not considered a sensitive term today. So intersex is usually preferred or people with a difference in sex development. Um, And then there are some people who identify as a third gender. Um, So an example of this would be non-binary or gender fluid, or some people use the term gender queer, although I don't like that term because I consider queer to be a slur. But science shows that there are two sexes, two genders. I say people can identify however they want, but from a scientific perspective, there are two. And so, so, if, we st- think, so yeah, if we stay on science, this, this is the part that was all falling apart because I said to my son, chromosomes, it... it you can scientifically um, find out if you are a male or a female in 99% of the, of the uh, cases. Scientifically, because of the way you're built, you're either male or female. That's science and biology. Gender is different. And you, it didn't used to be different. But I don't agree with, you know, you know, identifying as a hundred different things, because I believe there's only two. Um, and I believe if you want to be transgendered, you, you scientifically are not the other gender. 
but you are choosing to be that other gender and you know some parts have been changed on you and that's fine and i don't i don't hate you for it and i'm you know whatever but you're not a female if you were a male that doesn't fly anymore does it no so biological sex the concept of biological sex has been deemed hateful and i don't think it needs to be i understand why because i think it can be used in a very insensitive way to marginalize people who identify as transgender but from a scientific perspective someone who say a trans woman she may identify as female and i'm happy to acknowledge her as female but from a biological perspective she was born male so her sex does okay, wait, not so wait 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 because this is what this is what i'm saying uh, to my son look if I know you and I, you know, even if I don't know you and you're identifying as a uh, as a female and you were a male, um, you still biologically, still scientifically, you are a male. However, if you identify as a female, I have no problem saying, hi, ma'am, how are you? You know, whatever, unless that's offensive now Um, and identifying. However, if push comes to shove and my or I'm, you know, in a court of law or whatever. And my son says, she looks awfully manly. I would say, don't say that. That's not nice. Um, But he used to be a he, and now he is, he's had surgery and he's trying to be a woman and that's his choice. And it is, you know, it's fine that he's his choice, but I can't under oath or, you know, I'm not going to be a part of a lie. Am I wrong on that? No, no, I agree with that. I mean, I have a chapter in the end of gender that talks about the differences between women who are born women and trans women, because nowadays the, the narrative is that there are no differences. And again, I think we can talk about these differences, as you mentioned, in a way that is compassionate, but still also be scientifically accurate, because there are differences and those differences play out in meaningful ways. And I think especially when it comes to this ideology, it's extremely confusing and it's dishonest to tell people otherwise. So how do we now let's talk to our kids. Your kid sits down with you, Deborah, and says, Mom, I, I, I don't I, I'm being called hateful because I'm talking about science and they're saying sex doesn't matter. It's all about gender. Uh, what do I what do I say? What I would suggest saying to a child is that. I would say from as young as an age you can, let them know that what they're being taught in school may not actually reflect reality, which is really sad to have to say, but plant the seed so that they know and that, and that they feel they can come and talk to you and ask questions because they are going, I mean, this is, they're targeting kids in kindergarten. Now I heard you speak about how this is in first grade curriculum. It's completely yeah. inappropriate. And this is something that's probably going to be with them throughout their education. I mean, it's not going to be a one-time thing. If it's not in, say, anti-bullying curriculum or um, other aspects of their coursework, it's going to be in talks where they bring people to the school to, you know, bring awareness to these issues, which I think is good. But the, but the issue is it goes way too far, right? When they're teaching kids that are things that are not actually true. And like you said, a hundred genders or however many people, everyone's gender yeah. fluid. So I would say, let them know that the science says that there are two sexes, two genders. For the, for the most part, gender and sex are the same. And as you said, with gender reveal parties, those are actually sex reveal parties because a, an unborn child cannot tell 
an adult which gender they are. So, yeah, but wait, that's that's new, right? I mean, gender and sex used to be the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah, for the most part. And I think sometimes people will use the word gender because they don't want to use the word sex because sex has that connotation with human sexuality yeah, yeah. and right, they don't right. want to use that word. Um, but I think the separation between sex and gender is this greater push from trans activism but then there's also this weird conflation because now what some activists will say is that a trans person, so a trans woman is biologically female, which is not true. And I don't think it should be considered bigoted to say that because it's just not factually true. So there's so much confusion about it. Um, and then I would just say, yeah, let, let, let your kids know people can identify as a third gender if they want or whatever. But again, and be, and be kind to these people, but science is what of it course. is. Of course. Um, so we're talking to uh, Dr. Deborah So. She is a sex neurologist, a neuroscientist, I should say. Um, and uh, she has written a great deal about this. Have you ever thought about writing something either for parents or for kids? And when I say kids, I mean, you know, teenagers that are just being bombarded with this stuff. I've gotten so many requests from parents to do something like that. I would say the end of gender is written. It's, uh, the feedback I've gotten has been so positive, and people have said to me that they can fully understand what I'm saying. It was written in a way that makes the science almost fun to read, which made me very happy to hear. So I would say teenagers could even read the end of gender. Um, I would love okay. to do something for younger, like school school age. I mean, I guess teenagers are technically yeah. school age, but even younger no, but than I'm, that. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. The basic information like this, you, you would think that putting them in school would take care of it, but that's not the case anymore. And when they say, that's not what science says. Science doesn't say that. When they start to argue that, you're on rock-solid ground to say, no, you're wrong about that. Science shows that that transgender girl is not a girl. She still has the makeup of a, of a male athlete. Or not. Correct. Correct. Um, I mean, I would say that's another super contentious issue. But again, I think we have to be able to talk about it because there are serious implications in this case for for girls who are competing against girls. them. Yeah. So are um, you solid? Say, are you on solid ground with the science of that? Yeah, what I would say is actually in my book, I have all of the citations. So you can use that as a reference because I would have colleagues who would say to me, what do I do when I go into these meetings with the principal or administration? And they say the quote unquote new science backs up what they're teaching. And I said, well, that was the inspiration of my book was to offer a reference to people who just want to know objectively, what is the truth? All the citations are there. So you can look up the studies yourself and you can bring it to them and say, this is why your curriculum or your policies are not fact-based. But yeah, when it comes to sports, especially, I'm just aghast at, at what has been happening lately. It's just, it's unbelievable. How's your life? Is it settled down some? Are you, are you still getting as much hate as you used to? How's your life? As much as I ever have, but I just get, I've gotten used to it at this point. And I just feel that the most remarkable thing is that it's always the same criticisms. Either they lie about what I've said. They lie with, about what's in the book. They'll explicitly say, uh, critics will explicitly say things, claim I've said things that I've said the exact opposite yeah. of. 
Um, or they'll just do personal attacks. They'll call me names, which tells me that they don't actually have a point and that they can't actually argue with what I'm saying. I recently gave a talk at the Oxford Union, and it was it blew my mind the extent to which some students went trying to get that talk deplatformed. And so I'm super grateful. I was I was given the go ahead to speak by the president James Price and. You know, there are some people who will stand up against it. And you, Glenn, thank you for having me on. I mean, you've had me on multiple times, and we just have to keep keep going. Yeah, we do. Um, it's it's frightening. You know, your book is called The End of Gender. But we are looking at the end of of truth. We really are looking at the end of truth on so many fronts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really are. And, I mean, it, it's not just with, I mean, how old is your son? Uh, he is 16 now. 16. So, yeah. I mean, if he goes on to, to, we spoke a bit about this last time, in, once you get to university, it is no different. And it, this is in the academic sciences even. So it's, it's crazy to me the extent to which knowledge now is being basically taken hostage. Because it's not yeah. about just advocating for equal rights, which I think is a good thing. I mean, I used to be very much in too. favor of social justice when I was younger. I've, I've come to a bit of a, a different perspective on social justice now, and I think it's actually quite harmful. It's the fact that there's no, there's no debate, there's no attempt to understand even the other side or whether your, your perspective is correct in, in terms of activism. Activists just really want to shut down people who disagree with them and they want to contort science to fit whatever agenda they have, it's really disturbing. And it's something that I, I unfortunately don't see getting better anytime soon. Dr. Deborah So, thank you so much. She's the host of the Dr. Deborah So uh, podcast and the author of a book that we all have to uh, read, The End of Gender. Thank you very much, Deborah. I appreciate thank it. Thank you so God much. You bet. Timeshare Termination Team. Timeshare Termination Team uh, 2020 wasn't really kind to timeshare owners uh, with the new restrictions and limitations popping up all the time. This year is not looking like it's going to be much better. And if you're one of the people who owns a timeshare, I'm betting you know exactly what I'm talking about. People are desperate to sell their timeshares, but having success with that is a roll of the dice at best. Most of the time, nobody wants to buy it because they know it's not going to work out well for them. Uh, timeshare termination team is there and they are different than others that say, Hey, geez, we can sell, we, we can get you out of that timeshare. Cause I used to work in the timeshare industry. Boy, what scumbags. Uh, these people at timeshare termination team, they're all attorneys. They know what it is and they know it's a legal contract and they know how to legally get you out of it. And they have a money back guarantee, a 100% money back guarantee. If they don't get you out of the timeshare. TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. Call 888-438-8688. An easy way to remember that is 888-GET-YOU-OUT. TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. You'll get 20% off when you terminate your timeshare if you tell them that I sent you. Make sure you use the name Glenn Beck if they ask. That's TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Stu, you did a great monologue uh, last night. I know we don't have time to get into all of it, but you did a great monologue last night uh, where you did Johnson & Johnson. 
uh, and the uh, vaccines. There's a new poll out that shows that 23% of Americans are now less confident in uh, the vaccines because of what they did with Johnson and Johnson. I mean, it, it's, it's insane when you look at the actual numbers. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking the old uh, Dumb and Dumber clip, you, you know, the, it's about one in a million. You're telling me there's a chance. There's a yeah, chance. Right? Like, that's right. basically right. what we're talking. It's legitimately, it's actually more than one in a million. 1.33 million people, uh, you know, have been able to have had these blood clot issues. One person has died out of 7 million people who have had the, the vaccine. And again, they have no real idea for sure that it's even caused by the vaccine. So it's an incredibly rare side effect. We all know that every medication has the possibility of, of a negative side effect. But when you compare it to the risks for, uh, you know, for a, you know, an ongoing pandemic, like the only real decision to be made is if you were a very young person at the very young, youngest ages of, of uh, eligibility in an area where, you know, COVID wasn't really an issue you could make an argument, you know, it's a pretty close case as to whether this would be, you know, a risk reward profile uh, for you. But I mean, you know, if you're anyone who's getting the Johnson and Johnson vaccine anyway, is probably going to be older and there's no evidence of this sure. whatsoever. And it does, it does hurt confidence. Uh, you know, luckily we have the luxury of having two other completely different you know, vaccines that are totally a different type and don't have any of these side effects. So you know, we have a luxury of a, a big supply of those, so it shouldn't really, you know, but it, it, it screws it, with people's heads, you know. If we can't, uh, if you can't answer this in one sentence, write it down so we can talk about it either later or tomorrow. But uh, when I was up in Connecticut, people were like, you didn't get the vaccine. And I'm like, no, I've had COVID. Everybody in my family had COVID. I got it. Oh, you got to get the vaccine. No, I don't want the vaccine. If if you've already had it, aren't you part of herd uh, immunity, likely at least for a while, for sure. Uh, right. We can go into it more and more in depth. The the latest science seems to indicate the best case scenario would be one dose, not two. But again, right. you know, until people start, re you know, in large numbers, start getting it over again, you're probably fine if you've already had it. Okay. Back in just a second with more. This is the Glenn Beck program. You know the, the the money you were going to get back from your taxes in your tax return? Remember all that money that you had absolutely no idea uh, what you were going to do with? Great news. Great news. Don't worry about it because your computer might have been hacked. Your cell phone been hacked. You might have stayed at a hotel where your information was uh, shared from some hacker. Don't have to worry about that tax return anymore because somebody else, a cyber criminal, has taken all that information and they are now spending your tax dollars or your rebate tax dollars uh, uh, on, uh, you know, whatever they want. So don't worry about it. LifeLock, if you do think that's a problem, LifeLock is there. They protect you from a wide range of identity threats. And right now uh, is Christmas time for cyber criminals. Tax time is the biggest time inside of covid it's it's jackpot i mean it is going to vegas where it's all sevens uh lifelock go to lifelock.com promo code beck lifelock.com promo code beck you'll save 25 percent. you can call them right now 800 lifelock 1-800 lifelock or lifelock.com do it now all right it's one shot of beer per hour for an hour 
while attempting to talk politics. It gets very messy. It's the Stu Does America Power Hour tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let me give you a couple of things uh, on why we really need to uh, look at the economy and be prepared for what is coming. Uh, I want you just I feel like my job is to warn you of the things that are coming when I can give you ways to navigate around. um, But at least so you can hear the warning and decide yourself what you're going to do with that. Um, right now, there is it's a weird thing. Millennials now, for the first time, can afford home ownership. But there's a problem. There's not enough houses to go around that are starter houses. So 30 and 34 year olds are are getting into uh, buying their uh, homes, increasing numbers of between 25 and 29 are buying their first homes. Uh, and the issue is there's 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 no uh, there's no homes being built right now. Uh, there's a shortage of builders. There's a shortage of homes, not builders, but building supplies. I don't know if you've been following the price of of wood, but just trying to buy plywood has gone from uh, what is it? Thirteen uh, dollars to now 54 and i've seen in parts of the country plywood as high as 90 dollars a sheet it's plywood we're trying to build a shelf in our house and uh, tried to order some wood and they said well it's going to be a while and i'm like i'm not asking for fancy wood and they said yeah but you want hardwood and i said yeah but it could be any hardwood still gonna be a while there's a shortage of hardwood i mean it is if you're building a house right now uh, if you're getting a loan to build the house, buy all of the supplies now. Uh, I mean, you're risking because, you know, you're 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 buying in advance. And some people are saying hey, the price is going to go down. What makes you think that? Well, it always does. Oh, really? Well, it always hasn't been like this either. It's never been like this. All of the things going on around the world. Um, so people are. um buying homes and now they can't afford the home because there's a shortage of them speaking of shortages more food shortages are on the way uh that is because as the covid crisis heated up the demand for meat increased grocers uh had to place limits on the quantities that consumers could purchase remember this about a year ago now analysts are predicting that a shortage of pork could send the hot dog and bacon prices soaring if it can be found um, at all in the stores. The pork shortage comes now as many states are easing up on their COVID restrictions, dropping the mask mandates and opening restaurants, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you have an, uh, an increase of prices of, of any kind of pork products, chlorine, Treat swimming pools. That price is skyrocketing. Uh, it's running out at some stores. Some pool technicians who use it can't even get their their hands on it. Um, swimming pool technicians are working six and seven days a week because they can't keep up with it because of chlorine. But one of the chlorine uh, plants, in fact, the largest 
chlorine plant in the country uh, is creating, you know, some of the some of the problems Um, you try to get you try to get somebody to work there. You can't pay them enough Uh, with the storms that we have had. uh, The weather that we had here in in Texas, that is hurting it. That's also hurting styrofoam. Uh, if you're blowing insulation into your house and it's the styrofoam kind of the foam that listen to this one. I don't know if you heard this, Stu, but Chevron was promised by the state that they would never have a power outage. Now, would you believe the state if they told you it's a 100 percent guarantee that we will never have a power outage? Uh, no, I would. I would no, not. I, I wouldn't would take either. Precautions on my own side. Yeah. I think. Now, maybe if I'm somebody who's just you know cooking in my house and I like okay, but I've get, I'm getting an electric stove. You'll never have a power outage. Okay, maybe I believe them, and then I'm inconvenienced for a while. Mm-hmm. But if I'm building a billion dollar industry, a billion dollar structure, and it's making styrofoam. And if the power goes out, everything uh, sets and congeals. And now the plant is useless. I think I get a backup generator. Yeah. You know, I think I, I think I don't roll that dice. Mm -hmm. Uh, So now styrofoam, uh, that will be any kind of styrofoam, anything that is, is like that. The biggest maker of that, the plant is down. And uh, Chevron has come out and said they're working on a plan to be able to reopen uh, and fulfill some orders. But they don't know what that plan is yet. So anybody who had an order in for this stuff. You had they canceled all orders and said, reapply and we'll try to get you a a price and a time. So everything is going is skyrocketing at the same time. Jobs are coming back and you can't hire anybody because you're not paying them enough. Wait a minute. Really? Look at the unemployment numbers. We there's a there's a problem getting people to go back to work. Yeah. Yeah. Because basically your unemployment now, because of Biden, you can make about $20 an hour on unemployment insurance. So if you're working an average 40-hour week, you're making, you know, 20 bucks an hour. Well, why would I go take a job that's going to pay me 9 13 hell, even 15 Why would I take that job? I'm losing $5 an hour? Mm, I don't think so. All of these things that are happening, all of these things are happening, are, in, in my view, a way to accelerate the universal basic income idea. All of these problems, with the exception of the Chevron plant, well, no, even that one was man-made. That was stupid. Um, but all of these problems are coming because of our policies, And I told you years ago, there's going to come a time where in this place where it's a giant crunch of of uh, the industrial revolution, except now it's the technological revolution. It's AI revolution. It's the robotic revolution. And there's going to be fewer and fewer jobs for people to do. 
And so the argument is universal basic income. And we did a show on it years ago because I said, look, you have to start thinking about these things now because truck drivers are going to lose their jobs and there's going to be huge unemployment and, you know, high tech will be deemed a bad guy. Government will be deemed a bad guy because they won't have a way out. So what are you going to do? And when it hits, it's going to be horrible. Well, I think that they are they are moving us into not working uh, as uh, as this as a result of this covid nonsense. And covid is real. The vaccines are real. Uh, I'm not a science denier or anything else. I just think this is has been used for other purposes. Have you read the story, Stu, of of these business people that can't hire anybody I mean, at all? Yeah, there's a piece uh, in the dispatch today about that, um, talking about, uh, for example, one diner owner uh, in Ohio. The diner is now, of course, going out of business. Uh, It's owned by the Andersons. Uh, They talk about how a line cook at Dale's Diner starts at $11 an hour. Uh, up $2 an hour over what it was before the pandemic. So they've already gone from 9 to $11 an hour, um, according to the owner. That's $440 a week or $760 a month, roughly twenty one k a year, not including overtime or business. It's a starter job, right? But they're paying 11 mm-hmm. bucks an hour, twenty one k a year. But pandemic-driven unemployment often pays more, sometimes far more. In Ohio, according to data from, uh, from uh, the Ohio Department of Jobs and Family Services, the state provided weekly unemployment benefits that averaged $340. Add that to the unemployment supplements from the federal government, which have ranged between $300 and $600 per week, depending on which COVID law funded them. And you have some workers paid between $640 and $940 per week to stay home, Jeez. between $33,000 and almost $50,000 on an annualized basis. So if you're a person who's looking at a, a job at a, for a dishwasher and your, your argument is, do I work a full week for $440 or do I stay home for a minimum of $640 and maybe up to $940, mm-hmm. what decision are you going to make? And the guy who uh, owns the diner, uh, says that he would normally get, uh, you know, he would put out, you know, a call for a, a new job and he would get anywhere from six to 12 applications in the first week or whatever. And we get to take our pick. Mm-hmm. We'll get to pick the best of the bunch. Within the last couple of months, we don't even get a call when he posts a job. Uh, there, there's a story in the New York Post that's very similar to this. They're talking about um, uh, a firm, a law firm, that is offering forty thousand dollars for um, uh, for uh, you know just being an assistant, you know, an executive assistant. Mm-hmm. Forty thousand dollars is starting pay. They said that they are getting um, calls and applications, but when they call them back and say, "Hey, we saw your application. We'd love to have you come in for an interview," they're not they're not getting even callbacks. And this law firm said. It's because they're just fulfilling their unemployment, you know, obligation. Have you filed for any jobs? You've been out looking for a job? Yep, I've sent my applications out. They're not even returning the phone calls. Mm. I mean, we are we Mm. are in um, such a bad place. And here's what's happening at the same time. Did you see the Taco Bell in New York City? I've seen lots of Taco Bells in New York City. Frankly, I used to work there, so there's there all the time. Yeah, there's a new one that has. Um, no order takers. It's all automated. Okay. The entire Taco Bell is automated. 
So you have some people working, you know, there to keep the machines and keep things moving, but they've cut the staff by more than half. Okay. So now these companies are having a hard time filling those jobs. And at the same time, technology is able to replace those jobs. Those jobs aren't coming. They're not coming back. They're not coming back. Also in Houston, I think it's pizza hut just introduced the first robotic driverless delivery service. So you order a pizza and it's on a trial basis. Now you have to opt in on it, but you call for a pizza. You give the order, you pay for it. They give you a code Um, within 30 minutes. This robot pulls up in your driveway. You go out, you put the code into the side of it. The side of this thing opens up and there's your pizza. And it's still warm because it's been, this this thing has been made to keep food warm and the you know the the pizza isn't upside down. There goes all of the pizza delivery entry jobs. I mean, we are creating this perfect storm right now where universal basic income is going to be embraced by people because they don't want to work anymore and then if they did they can't get a job that's incredible i mean it's it's all lining up to that same thing i mean and yeah. uh, it's andrew yang's and, dream world here yeah and let me tell you this um the problem with all of this is is if you can't get starter and entry-level jobs how do you how, how do you how do you find others how do, how do you replace people you know, this is what Clear Channel did back in the 90s. They just fired all of these young people because the, the business wasn't viable anymore. So they fired all the weekenders and everybody else. Well, now there's nobody in the industry that's coming up in the industry. And so now you have this this almost impossible thing to fill the jobs because you don't have any starter entry level jobs. How do you grow the next talent? It's just this nasty cycle that we are we're beginning and we're watching it unfold right in front of us. More and more every day, people are discovering the wonders, really the wonders of rough greens for their dogs. I've seen what it does to my dog, Uno. He is he has always been a picky. And that's not even right. He hated to eat. And we could never get him to gain weight. The the vet was always like, you got to get him to gain weight. And you're like, you want to come over and feed him? Because we have to hand feed him every day. He hates eating. Now, last night, I'm not, I'm not, or is it this morning, not making this up. My daughter was in the kitchen and I had just fed Uno, put the rough greens on top of the food. And she said, what's that, what's that noise? And I said, that is Uno licking the sides of the bowl and everything clean. He's pushing it up against the wall so he can kind of corner it and he can get every last lick out of it. It's amazing. Rough greens. It, it has all kinds of vitamins and minerals, all the stuff that makes your dog healthy and happy. It really makes them like their food. If your dog doesn't like rough greens, then this will be wrong for you. And the rough greens people don't want you to have to pay for a bag of rough greens that your dog's not going to eat. So if you just contact them now at roughgreens.com slash Beck, you can get a free bag of, uh, you know, a trial bag of rough greens. All you have to do is pay for shipping. If your dog likes it, then 
order more and watch the results. It's Rough Greens, R-U-F-F Greens dot com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33, 833-GLEN-33, roughgreens.com slash Beck. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Last night on Blaze TV, and you can you can watch it on demand right now at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save on your subscription. But we went over critical race theory in schools, and we are going to do part two uh, here in just a second. We are going to give you the resources where you can get involved and make sure you stop this poison from being uh, injected into your school. You've got to get it out, and I guarantee it's already there. That's coming up next hour. Join us on blazetv.com slash Glenn. Make sure you become a family member, and let's work together to save our nation and our families. blazetv.com slash Glenn, promo code Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program.